This is Kate Boyer speaking from Seattle, Washington. The Attic, Keeper of the Gruesome, the Horrifying, and the Shocking. Here in the dark place, leering over a typical neighborhood street, is where the phantasma lives. The Attic is where you experience disturbing scenes shared by haunted minds and morbid souls. Tonight, in this episode of Scenes from the Attic, we step inside a typical two-story house in Seattle, Washington to meet Carson, a teenage boy who is growing tired of his sister's relentless pranks. And now, Booze Hound Entertainment presents Mannequin. Dark shadows from the late afternoon invaded Carson's bedroom. Before he could switch on the overhead light, a small black mass at the end of his bed caught his attention. His heart thumped hard once before he flicked the light on with a quick move of his wrist. Three feet tall and made of black hard plastic stood his twin sister's woman mannequin. The figure had a nice curvy shape with perky tits, but was void of a head, arms, or legs. The half-body was found while she was dumpster diving behind a department store. As a budding fashion designer, Tiffany now used the mannequin as her model. This was the third time within a week she had tried to scare him by placing the thing in his room while he was out. He had been itching to yell at her about the pranks, not to mention how she kept entering his room while he was out but he had yet to fulfill his mission. Between his after-school activities, hanging out with the guys, and having a steady girlfriend, he could not remember the last time he saw his sister, or mom and dad. He tossed his keys into the brown, oblong ashtray he'd made in pottery class last semester. There had been two reasons to take the class. One, to be around the cute girls, and two, for the easy A. He was wrong on both counts. The majority of the class were other jocks, with the rest being awkward, pimply-faced freshmen. The worst part was the C- the teacher gave him, along with comments about his lack of imagination and talent when it came to art. He kicked a pair of dirty socks under the bed and cocked his head to the side, listening for movement in the next room. On most days, there was no question if Tiffany was home, as she insisted on blasting her favorite pop country shit through her poor speakers shaped like boulders, laid out in the four corners of her bedroom. The day she brought them home from another one of her expeditions, he laughed until his belly hurt, because she didn't realize they were for outside use. Now their idiotic dog, the Fawns, took every chance he could to lift his leg over them and relieve himself. With one hand, Carson lifted the mannequin by her slender neck, walked over to his sister's empty room, and chucked the body in without care. In fact, he wished something important would break from the impact of the hard plastic, so she'd stop trying to frighten him. With his last clean pair of boxer shorts and white v-neck shirt, Carson headed for the bathroom to shower away the stink of football practice. After taking a piss, he pushed back the shower curtain, turned on the water, found the right temperature, then stripped, letting his dirty practice uniform fall to the floor. Once under the spray, Carson took the time to knock over Tiffany's numerous beauty products, littering the bottom of the bathtub, before rubbing himself down with his one bottle, which was a combination soap-shampoo. His body now squeaky clean, Carson turned off the faucet. 
Steam drifted around like a fog as he grabbed his towel hanging over the curtain rod. With quick movements, Carson started to pat himself dry, but stopped when he became sidetracked by admiring his long, lean muscles. This carried on until there were only a few beads of water left on his exposed skin. The screeching noise from the curtain rings sliding along the rod as Carson slid the fabric back continued to ring in his head as the last of the warm air drifted out into the rest of the room. As he stood on one leg, ready to leave the tub, he looked up to find he wasn't alone. The mannequin, in all of her naked glory, stood inches away from him. He did not wobble, even a little, at the sight. Instead, he continued out of the tub, wanting to make some lame joke right now, which was always his way when he was nervous, but nothing came to mind. Carson wrapped his Notre Dame towel around his waist while the stare-down continued. Something about being naked in front of this half-body unnerved him, almost like he could feel her eyes staring at his most private parts when she didn't even have a place for eyes to be. While watching the figure, he bent over to retrieve his dirty clothes to find all of them missing. Back in his room, Carson flung every swear word he knew at his sister while dressing, now going commando, though honestly it wasn't his first time. This game had to stop once and for all. When he entered the bathroom again, the mannequin was right where he left her. In a rare move, Carson did not take the time to look at himself in the mirror, instead grabbed the mannequin and marched down the hall to his sister's room. He hurled the door open hard enough to have it bounce off the wall and come racing back at him. Carson stopped the flying object with his foot, ready to yell at his sister, who he assumed to be home now. He stomped into the room to find no living soul. The bed was made up, Tiffany's purse did not hang in the usual spot, and her car keys weren't on the giant T she had made in wood class. He picked up the mannequin up over his head, roared, then threw it onto the bed, where the thing bounced twice before pitching itself onto the floor out of sight. When he turned to leave, he spotted his football jersey on the floor of Tiffany's closet. Never had he been so mad to see red before his eyes, until now. Out loud, he counted to ten, trying to calm himself before he tore her room apart. Tiffany was out of control. As Carson sat on the edge of his bed, biting his thumbnail down to the stub, he could feel how quiet the house was. The longer he sat there, the more his stomach rumbled and all thoughts turned to food, as teenage boys only have two thoughts in their heads on any given moment, which are food and pussy. He hoped his mother had fit the grocery store into her busy schedule because he was in need of some major sustenance. Upon leaving, he closed his bedroom door, thinking a lock may stop this harassment from Tiffany. As he moved down the hallway, he spotted his sister's room with the door wide open. When he thought back, he was sure he had slammed it shut in anger. But maybe before it latched, the door bounced back open, he tried to convince himself. Carson opened the fridge to find an empty jar of green juice, void of pickles, a bottle of gray poupon mustard, some moldy cheese, and the heel from a loaf of bread. His hand tightened into a fist with frustration. He grabbed the bread and mustard and ate the sandwich in two bites, while standing over the sink watching the fawns through the kitchen window as he dug through the overturned trash can in search of food. His stomach rumbled with an epic explosion when his cell beeped. The text was from his girlfriend. She wanted him to come pick her up so they could go out for dinner. He responded with a resounding yes, thinking things were looking up, 
as he bounded up the stairs to his room. With eyes still on the phone screen, he leapt up the first couple steps. When he hit the middle stair, he slid his phone into his back pocket and raised his head, spotting all the family portraits hanging on the wall like some great tribute. Carson stepped into his room and reached into the ashtray, ready to feel the cold metal of his keys, but they were not there. In his rush to consume more food, he did not question why they were not sitting where he had left them. Instead, he dropped down to all fours, beginning to search the floor. When he came to his bed, he lifted the navy blue comforter off the ground, wishing harder than ever to see the ring of keys there. When the Fonz got his fill of weeks-old garbage, he entered his domain through the doggy door in the garage, made his way into the house by the second doggy door, and raced up the stairs ready to greet Carson. But instead, the mannequin stood at the top, waiting for the last member of the family. Scenes from the Attic will be taking some time off for the holidays and to transition to our new experience format. Return to the Attic on January 9th for a special series that takes an inside look into the first seven episodes. Brand new episodes of Scenes from the Attic return February 20th, where we'll be consumed by fog in Marin County, California. This has been Mannequin, part of the Scenes from the Attic series. Hey, this is Kate from Booze Hound. We're a small entertainment company run out of a couple studios we built in our basement we lovingly call Speakeasy Studios. It's in these studios we create the stories like the one you just listened to. We are 100% supported by our fans, so if you like this show and want to support it and future shows, visit weareboozehound.com forward slash boozer, where you can buy official merchandise, give us a buck or two, or become a full-fledged boozer. That's weareboozehound.com forward slash boozer and everything you give goes into making more episodes and shows we thank you for your support scenes from the attic is produced by booze hound entertainment written and narrated by kate boyer directed and edited by phil boyer music by purple planet